Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity to share once again at the uh, Bangor Worldwide Missionary Convention. It was my privilege back in uh, 2012 uh, to share here, and I'm glad to be back once again. Uh, As has been said, my name is David Eastwood. I serve as an OMF missionary in Taiwan. I've been there for 25 years. My, My wife, Lucy, is Taiwanese and is proof that I really do love Taiwan. Uh, My daughter Naomi was born in Taiwan and is just beginning a new stage of life as she starts university studies in England, in Exeter, in September. So we're entering a new stage of life. Now, many of you will be familiar with the song Facing a Task Unfinished, written by a China Inland Missionary, um, a China Inland Mission missionary. It's a song that's still very meaningful to our mission today, now known as OMF. This task, unfinished, is a call to believers to take the good news to those whom the gospel has not yet reached. And for OMF, that means the people of East Asia. And tonight, I I want to share with you just one tiny aspect of the amazing work that God is doing to fulfill that task and hope that it will stimulate you to, to join in prayer, uh, to see what God is doing and to, and to be part of that. And East Asia is a massive challenge. Um, it's a place uh, where there are 667 million people who have no access to the gospel. Now, that's not the, the population of that area. It's much vaster But that's what OMF has calculated as as roughly the the number of people who currently in this area have no access to the gospel at all. They do not know a Christian or have access to a Christian who can share the gospel with them. It includes the country with the world's largest population. It includes the world's largest Muslim nation. OMF divides our ministry into two distinct areas of prayer need. Firstly, there are the neglected frontiers, places where the gospel is rarely preached and often where access for missionaries and Christians is limited. This includes many East Asians living outside of East Asia, around the world as well. But it also includes the high plateau peoples of Tibet and Mongolia, Myanmar, North Korea, Vietnam, the huge number of Muslim areas within uh, uh, Southeast and East Asia. Then there are what we call the engaged communities, places where there is already a significant church, a national church, but where there may still be huge challenges, either in reaching out to unreached parts of the country or to people within the country untouched by the gospel. These include places like Thailand, Cambodia, Taiwan, Japan, 
parts of the Philippines and southwest China, and the huge challenge of numbers of growing megacities in China, where the church will need to grow significantly just to keep pace with the rapid population growth of these cities. And it's on just one of these small areas, the island of Taiwan, that I want to focus tonight. Taiwan is a very small island. It's one-third the size of Ireland, but with a population of 23.5 million, which is nearly four times the size of Ireland. So a third of the size, geographically, four times the population. Taiwan is a crowded place. When we first came here to Ireland, this place seemed empty. I remember my wife, when she first visited Bangor, we were walking around the streets and she turned to me and she said, is this a special day? I said, no, not really. She said, so where are all the people? And Bangor seems really empty. Taiwan is a small island to the southeast of China that most people only really pay attention to when political tensions with China are in the news. But I'm not focusing on political tensions. I want to talk about spiritual needs. God has been at work in Taiwan, especially in the last 20 years, when in the large cities of Taipei and Taichung and Tainan and Kaohsiung on the west coast, there has been significant growth of the church. And praise the Lord, today in those cities... You see new church plants popping up everywhere. And there are some enormous megachurches with congregations in the thousands and impressive church buildings. However, most, or at least initially, most of the church growth has been amongst the educated urban middle classes. The working class and those living in the rural areas have barely been touched by the gospel These are the people who are most engaged in folk religions and idol worship, those who are marginalized within society, those whose lives are bound up in ancestor worship, those who are least likely to be open to the gospel. And for that reason, OMF around about 15 years ago decided that in future, our focus of our ministry in Taiwan would be on these people the 15 million or so working class, less than 1% Christian, often unnoticed by the growing churches around them. This is the vision that God gave to OMF at the time, through God's grace to see reproducing communities of disciples among the working class peoples of Taiwan. We use the phrase reproducing communities of disciples rather than churches simply because we knew that some of the groups that we would be starting as a result of this ministry would look nothing like what people in Taiwan would consider to be a church, even though they would be a church. Over the years we've used two main approaches to reaching the working class. Church planting aimed particularly at those who don't fit in with formal meetings. People whose working hours prevent them from attending normal church meetings, who are not comfortable with reading books and long teaching sessions. This has included church meetings for shop workers at 10.30 at night after the department stores close, and gatherings under a tree in a a rural village to listen to Bible stories. 
A second approach has been specialist ministries reaching out to handicapped, homeless, problem families, sex workers, children in reformatories, what we call the marginalized within society. This year we're going to start a a new kind of student ministry aimed at those students going to newly established lower tier universities for degree courses like hairdressing and car maintenance and catering, where those who graduate will, will go back into the working class society. In June uh, 2015, I lost an election and I was made the field director for OMS work in Taiwan. Uh, This had a number of immediate consequences. Firstly, I was no longer in charge of a church plant, uh, which I'd led for a number of years. Secondly, I I had to wear a tie more often and appear on public platforms, um, which was very stressful, especially as I had to do a lot of speaking in Chinese. And, And I also had to spend a lot of time in prayer, asking God to give me wisdom to deal with other missionaries' problems as well as my own. And I have to say, I'm still praying very hard. But once I got over the initial panic and the feeling that everything that went wrong was my fault, I realized that God had given me a great opportunity of seeing his amazing work through the lives of other OMF missionaries in Taiwan. And when I spoke at this convention in 2012, I I shared a number of stories of how God had been at work in the lives of working class people. This time I felt I wanted to share the stories about the missionaries who it's my privilege to lead. The OMF team is very diverse. We've got nearly 70 missionaries from 14 different countries and many, many different denominations. It's exciting to see in modern missions how God is raising up people from everywhere to everywhere. And it's a testimony to God's love and grace that a bunch of people that diverse can not only work together, but be united as a family in Christ with a common goal of making Jesus known. Let me tell you about the ministry of Tara Van Twillet, a single lady from uh, Holland, um, Terra arrived in Taiwan in 1988. She's the, uh, the one on, the, on that side. I'm not sure who the other, who the other fellow is. Um, she, she went to work in a place called Wanhua. Wanhua is a spiritually very dark and oppressive place. It has the Longshan Dragon Mountain Temple, one of the most active temples in Taiwan. But if you peer down the back alleys of Wanhua, past the colorful street vendors, down the side lanes, you discover that Wanhua is dark for other reasons. It's the old red light district of Taiwan, of Taipei. It's the site of many small so-called tea shops where the less well-off go to meet with women. Women who are on the margins of society in debt to gangsters, shunned by their families, and sadly off the radar of the local church. While working in Wanhua, God gave Tira a burden for those women, a burden that grew to where she had to do something, and God gave her a vision for opening up a center in Wanhua that would focus on reaching out to these damaged ladies that were living in spiritual darkness. OMF agreed that she could do this ministry only if God provided her with local co-workers, and he did. 
Tira and her co-workers started visiting women in 2005, and they founded the Pearl Family Garden Center in 2008. That's 20 years after Tara arrived in Taiwan. It took that long to have knowledge of the local culture, to be able to work in that kind of environment, to go in such a dangerous situation and know how to relate to people like that. The Pearl Family Garden was a place where local women could come and have a meal and be made to feel welcome without being judged. They started making handicrafts as a way of providing the women with an alternative income. And these were sold in local churches abroad and overseas. And God grew a team of Christians. And in in addition to local Christians, also OMFers from uh, Edna, from Australia, Sin E from Singapore joined the ministry. I want to let uh, um, Tara introduce the ministry herself through a short video. Early on, God really put on my heart to uh, work with marginalized people. So after four years, the initial four years, I moved to Wangpa. It's an area with lots of homeless people and gang members and people who struggle with addictions. Uh, but also like ladies working in prostitution or in the tea shops. Ladies that don't dare to tell at home what they are doing for work, how they earn their money. And I started uh, to join a team that works amongst them. They're not young here in Wangha, the ladies are 40, 50, 60 years old and um, they're working in this profession so they have a history of being used so it's hard for them to trust people. So one of the challenges we faced initially was how to build trust with them. They kind of check you out, you know, are you just here to, to spread your religion or do you really care? So that took time, uh, just slowly, moving very slowly and being faithful in our uh, visiting being faithful in remembering their names and yeah, praying for them, being faithful in, uh, in ca- really caring for them and helping where possible. Our prayer is for local workers to, to really catch the vision. And when I started this ministry, uh, God gave me a, a picture of what my role should be. And that was the role of a stepping stone, taking the initial step of uh, stepping out into this area of ministry, but because of that, others being able to follow. So hopefully, we really hope that in the future, this ministry will be completely uh, carried on by local Christians. What we need most is prayer support. It's really intercessors, people willing to really pray for our ladies, because it is it is the very real spiritual. Tara's hope was that the local church would catch a vision for this ministry. Um, OMF hopes that missionaries can serve as catalysts, what she calls stepping stones. In 2012, a group of local churches in Geelong, a port city north of Taipei, were cooperating together 
to petition the local government to close down the red light district in that port. But somebody heard about Tara's ministry and invited her to share at a combined church meeting. Well, as a result, many people were convicted. And someone said to her, look, we for years we've been trying to, to close these brothels and drive the people out of the area. And never once did we think about sharing the gospel with these women. Shortly afterwards, Christians from two local churches, trained by Tira, began to reach out to the women working in the sex trade in Geelong. They rented a local restaurant, threw a Chinese New Year party for these ladies to show them that God loved them. This outreach became known as the Promised Land Ministries. Well, Tara's vision is that the local church will reach out to these women, but it seems that missionaries do a really good job of acting as a catalyst to promote this kind of ministry. The logo of the Pearl Family Garden is a string of pearls wrapped around Taiwan, and each of the pearls represents a major city. And so far, this ministry is bringing light to two cities, Taipei and Geelong. But there are many, many other cities where that light is needed. Who will God raise up to expand this ministry? One thing is certain, very much prayer is needed. Now let me tell you about a very different ministry and a different missionary. Yahweh Wang was born in Taiwan, and she contracted polio at a very young age. In the 1960s, many families would have been embarrassed by a crippled child and and often would not bother to give them schooling and perhaps even hid them away. But her family were an exception. She was encouraged to study uh, and was sent to the U.S. where she worked for many years. Then, oh, she also believed in Jesus. Then in 2011, she did something astonishing. She applied to OMF to go back to Taiwan as a missionary. I say astonishing because to many Taiwanese, she was living the dream. She had a good job. She had transport, a car adapted for her handicap, and she was doing, finishing off a PhD at Fuller Seminary. Why go back to Taiwan? But God had put the handicapped people of Taiwan on her heart. In 2012... She arrived in Taiwan in August, but then soon after had an accident and broke her good leg and was crippled again, uh, took half a year to recover. But recover she did, able to walk with crutches. She was determined to reach out to the working class handicapped, many of whom were living in homes where they were treated poorly and having access to very few resources. Yahweh teamed up with the Good Shepherd Church in Taichung, using local government funding, began a ministry to reach out to the handicapped. She started a social club and craft classes. Everything she did, sharing the gospel with those who came. For some, just leaving home and getting out once a week was a life-changing experience. But she went further. She found volunteers and took people away on outings. I had the privilege of being on the first trip to Sun Moon Lake in the mountains, seeing a bunch of people who rarely ever got out of home having their first ever boat ride on a specially adapted boat on the lake. My wife and daughter helped on a trip to Jinmen Island off the coast of China. Our handicapped neighbor 
for the first time, got to go on an aeroplane. And for the first time on that trip, got to attend a Bible study and hear about the love of God. For a lady who OMF had hesitated to accept because of her disability, Yahweh's obedience to God's calling was challenging us and the local church about the needs of a segment of society that most churches rarely considered and didn't cater to. Most churches, you couldn't even get in to the church if you were in a wheelchair. And if you could get in, you certainly couldn't use the bathroom, probably couldn't get up to where the meeting was. Let's listen to Yahweh talking a little about the challenges of her ministry. To most people, rain may just be a little inconvenience. However, for the physically handicapped, rain may cause dust or trouble. Some of them need to use both hands to carry walking sticks or crutches so they don't have an extra hand to hold an umbrella. Therefore, on a raining day, they feel like they are imprinted in their homes. I know some parents who will not allow their physically handicapped daughter to go out in the rain. Stay home on a raining day became a lifetime habit for her. In the classes that I hold for the handicapped people, we often find that attendance is very low on raining days. I was a little disappointed in the beginning, but I understood their accent after I realized their situation. Ministering to the handicapped means having to understand the unique issues in their life. Shortly after recording this video last year, Yahweh had a serious stroke. She was, she's made huge progress towards recovery, but she's unable to continue as an OMF member. She still lives in Taiwan, but she's no longer able to drive or walk. She needs a full-time caregiver. She can no longer go out in the rain. She still has a great burden for the handicapped, but who can take up this challenge? Not just in Taichung, where she was working, but all over the island. Now a very different story. David and Ruth Ulstrom from Canada, missionaries who've been in Taiwan for 29 years. What would you do if you discovered that two boys aged 7 and 10 years old were living in a nearby house all alone? An OMF church plant in Chaotou in southern Taiwan um, one day, one of the members saw these two boys outside the church, and he invited them in. They stayed for Sunday school. And in talking with them, he discovered that they were living alone in an apartment just down the street. Their father died the previous year. Mother was working outside of town. That afternoon, the boys came to the church again, and later the missionaries, David and Ruth, took them to a cheap restaurant. They took the Ulstroms to where they lived. The place was filthy. There was two inches of water on the bathroom floor due to a blocked drain. David unblocked the drain. Ruth helped them to get clean clothes. Action was quickly taken. The mother was contacted. Social services were notified. A social worker visited the apartment. The two boys were enrolled in an after-school program. 
It was discovered that a friend of the mother should have been responsible to take them to school each day and to buy them food. Though there were lots of people helping, social services couldn't remove them from where they were, and they were still living alone in the home. The social services didn't have the resources. They still liked coming to the Ulstrom's house, and they would often ring the doorbell at 6 o'clock in the morning or 10 10 o'clock at night. The Ulstroms were a couple in their late 50s. They'd already raised three children of their own and two adopted children in Taiwan, although they'd seen the pain of having one of those adopted children die of cancer in his teens. After their children became adults and moved to Canada, David and Ruth had been fostering babies that were waiting for adoption. They loved children, and they were serving a God who loved children. Lacking resources, the social services, knowing the Ulstroms well, arranged for the boys to live at the Ulstroms' home during the week. For these boys, this was different than anything they'd ever experienced before. But for the Ulstroms, it was hard work. These were bouncy, active boys who had never been disciplined, running around the house, wrecking it. Some months later, the mother announced that she was engaged to be married and was going to move further to the north. David and Ruth were sad to part with these boys, wondered what their future would be like. But there was an unexpected end to the story. This was, they they wrote in their prayer letter, much to our surprise, the mother sent a photo of them standing in front of a church. She wrote to us to say, the boy's future father's cousin is the pastor of the local church. The boy's asked to go to church and mum is dropping them off to Sunday school. This was far beyond what we hoped or imagined. It's easy when we talk about missions to get caught up with strategy and methodologies of cross-cultural church planting, contextual theology, the use of technology. The most effective strategy to show forth the gospel that works in each and every culture is to show the love of Christ. God is looking for missional Christians that will love people for Jesus. People like the Ulstroms who are willing to absorb the hassle of having a seven or ten-year-old boy treat them like grandparents to show that their Heavenly Father cares. I could talk about missionaries all night, not because they're super spiritual saints. I know that Tara and Yahweh and David and Ruth get angry and frustrated and disheartened, and they know that's true of me. But I'm excited about their stories and their willingness to love people because God honors that faithfulness. And the mission field needs so many more ordinary Christians like them, willing to do extraordinary things with God's help. The opportunities are vast. Not just in Taiwan, but all over Asia, there's a harvest ready. But where are the laborers? Of course, most of the laborers will be in the Asian church. But God calls people from everywhere to everywhere. What about in Northern Ireland? Who are the ignored the marginalized, the people outside the church who would never come through the door. Terah and Yahweh set up special ministries to reach out to people outside the church. David and Ruth opened up their home and their hearts. What extraordinary work might God call the ordinary Christians in this room to do if you're willing to be obedient? Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit 
www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.